take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. My uh, favorite American directors. Like I think the more we do this thing that we do, the, the more I get to categorize things beyond what Finley number three, your father right. taught us, which is like, sure. like yeah. uh, you know, the, the 10 American classic directors, mm-hmm. right? And um, so it's like, I definitely, you know, Kurosawa, you taught me something about Kurosawa and Uzo. And right, right. I'm looking at this um, Brazilian director right now. I want to talk to you about later at some point. Mm. And there's an Indian director that's made this movie called The Big City that I'm fucking fascinated with lately. Okay. Um, so all of that is true, but in the end, I think that, um, John Houston makes me the happiest. He's just a fucking, he, he I mean, he's got that. Um, well, maybe it's because of who I am. Like I, right. there's a possibility that you and I could be John Houston. It's not going to happen actually, but we have all the genetic makeup to be John oh, Houston. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree. We're and, white and Houston, Irish guys in yeah, America, it, right? Houston, I mean, how hard it's hard to argue with Houston first yeah. off. I mean, because he's, he's he I think he deserves his spot in the yeah. pantheon of Hollywood. Yeah, sure. well, I mean, it's sort of he has this this sort of He's made um, a lot of shitty movies. He's done a lot of <laughs> shitty movies. Still, it's yeah. But it's also like it's one of those directors where it's very difficult to sort of pull him apart as from a, as a person from his movies, right? And right. Hemingway has that sort of thing too and Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think in in a way, um, on the surface, just because of the, the sort of Western adventurer and, and so forth, we can think of a guy like um, writer Rudyard Kipling as having that same thing. But in fact, I would say the opposite. Mm. Talk to me. Well, <clears throat> um, I think that he wrote <laughs> great stories, uh-huh. and they were great adventures, mm-hmm. and. In them is the possibility of conversations that change over time. Change, I think, with fairness over time. But in the end, really what I have to say about the man is he was a dick. (laughs) Richard Kimpley was just a dick. Well, he was kind of a dick. And I I find it interesting that you talk about his story as something you could look at over time because I think of them as really capsules of a time and place when he wrote them. Like yeah. in, a, in a in a mindset that was very mm-hmm. is now called is now called Kipling esque, right? Yeah. So no, you're right about that. I, I, let me correct myself a little bit. Here's but, what I meant: is that his stories lend themselves to adaptations, mm. for instance, right, and so, or, or conversations that change over time. Right. Right. And and certainly for adaptations, there've been so many adaptations of certainly one of the stories we're going to talk about here that and and different ways that you could you know that you could adapt it to. I don't know. Speak to a generation. Also, that there is there is that kind of quality to him. I'll grant you that. Yeah, and there's there's you know and a dick. I, I, and he's a dick. He's a spotted dick, is what he is. <laughs> but but also like that that um I I'm sort of the first one to to be on guard for the politi- politicizing uh, you know, remakes or literature. Yeah, yeah. If it's only for the the political purpose, right? So it's it's less about like um. 
Oh, I think sometimes it's accidental. So here, let's just get started. So it's like we want to talk about the jungle. Did you say let's, no? Let's dance. No, let's not. Yeah. Let's dance. Let's go. Come on. Would it be great if you just said no, no and then left click, me to talk for away. 20 minutes? <laughs> let's do that sometime. Let's okay. one of us remember to do that. Uh, let's just go. The hundredth episode. Mid script. Mid, mid script. Okay. Okay. So so the first, you know, in a way, we're talking about like two to three films here right because we're talking about the the first one or two that we're talking about we'll just call it like the jungle books oh, right yeah. so we wanted to talk about the 19 the one that occurred to us first is talking about the 1967 disney well first off the greatest of all jungle books well we can talk about that but the just 1967 the necessities <laughs> the i have the songs necessities. Fucking man. forget about Not your worries and your strife i mean those bare necessities that's why a bear can't rest at ease just the bare necessities of life wherever i want i, I could go on man yeah my sister and i used to had a whole dance routine did you really well she made me learn how to dance oh, course, basically right. to that song she played baloo and i was mowgli oh, nice. but look but but and we, i had the records every time i was sick when i was a kid i listened right? to that fucking record, those, so. those awesome sort of kid record players where it's like a suitcase that the yeah. speakers pull out right all right which so, hipsters adore now yeah, that's right. So, so um, we wanted to talk about that one, but all of a sudden it was it was unavailable. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing: I think that you and I can sort of talk about it from memory, right? In a way, but actually, let's first lay down the one that we did see. So we went back to the 1942 version. Never seen this before. No, and it's not a Disney version, although you could Something. mistake it for a Disney version at first. It's great sort of live action Disney, like 40s and 50s films, uh -huh. although it's not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so. What are some of the the first of all? I also I also want to say this. I read the Jungle Book to my son mm -hmm. numerous times, but it was one of those shitty abridged versions that kids can take. Okay, right. So I'm not even sure when I when I know the differences between the 1942 version and the cartoon 1967 version. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it, which one I would even say gets is, it more is the right. Closest to it, yeah. Because right. they're trying to do lots of things, but 1942's the Jungle Book. Um, ha already starts with it's a frame story. Yeah. First of all, right. So this this ridiculous woman, European woman, who's who's um, touring India, stops to get right. a story from some from, a, from an actual storyteller, turbaned storyteller, telling a story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and he tells them the story of Mowgli and, and the Jungle Book. Right. And there's, there's a lot more in in the 1942 version about the the distinctions, the problems in like civilization. Right. And the problems in the jungle, mm -hmm. and then the problems between civilization and the jungle. So immediately it's different from the other version in a lot of ways. The other version takes right. almost, pays no mind to civilization no, almost no, no. at all. It's almost like it's a, the, 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 the cartoon version of the Jungle Book is, is incredibly simple. Yeah. Basically, Shere Khan is coming. Mowgli needs to go somewhere where he can't get him. That's it. That's the movie. Pretty much. Right there. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, and and, and this, the Jungle Book from 1942 is actually, it's, uh, you're right, it, pays, it, it works a little, ooh, sorry. Yeah. It works more towards um like you know he's he he actually goes to the man place and hangs out with and hangs out with people yeah. and learns how to speak the language and all like that and so he's so he tries he's basically there's a, it's a little bit of the story of him trying to figure out where he belongs yeah. in the situation you know thrown out of the jungle because of Shere Khan was the the tiger was chasing him yeah. goes to the man place doesn't get them at all. He's very much, you know, being there kind of a situation. Uh, but oh, by way Peter, of a wolf Peter Singer's, I yeah. mean, Peter Sellers being in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by way of a wolf boy uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't quite fit <laughs> wolf there. Wolf boy situation. Yeah. 
Google Plus station. Um, so he doesn't fit there either. So it's a little bit about that, like that, that exploration, you know? Yeah. Well, and he is trying to get some, get some, some there on the side. With a little zoom, zoom on the side there, impressing the ladies with this jungle dog. That's right. I want to take you to the Golden City, girl. Well, okay, you're right. So, so I mean, but before even like the child Mowgli gets lost and he sort of wanders off to the jungle, that's how he gets lost. Right. Um, it, it's all in the context of like, um, what would you call it? Like urban sprawl? <laughs> Some sort of like guy wants to build more um, temples and, yeah. and malls and barbershops in the jungle. Big old place, yeah. And there's already sort of like this question. So it already has this really interesting question that I don't mm-hmm. think was part of Kipling's book at all. Right. I, I don't think so. And that's the sort of like the distinction between those who want to respect like India as it is and sort of grow slowly with respect and those who are like capitalists who want to sort of pave over India, right? Right, right. So the, you have like the, the, the dickish sort of like um, Indians and then you have the people who have respect and Mowgli sort of wanders off to sort of to leave them at their wills, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so then he goes off and then you you get an interesting thing because the, the 1967 Disney version, of course, wants to make these great characters. Oh, right. And, right. and they're classic characters. In the 67 yes. version, it's like, who, who's the, the guy who plays Shere Khan? It's, it's like one of your favorite actors. Oh, uh, Kenneth Williams. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I don't think that is, uh, Kenneth, I think Kenneth Williams is in there, but it's somebody else. Hold on, what's his name? I can't remember his name. George Sanders. George Sanders. Yes, yeah. The oh. one of the great cad voices of all time. But but they but so it's like Baloo the Bear, <laughs> um, right. you know, um uh, Bagheera. Bagheera, um Khan the Snake, mm-hmm. um, of course the, King Louis, played by Louis Prima. Louis Prima, yeah, uh, yeah. All of them have like very distinct characters, and they show like the the, the strengths and frailties of their parallel humans. Right, right, right. right. But what what happens in this 1942 version is it's really just about checks and balances. It really wants to treat like the jungle for what it is, right? right. So like you have an alligator who has no personality, but the alligator is just a sort of the level. What you I think you refer to as the level bond. Yeah. Right. He just sort of goes around the water, just make like the one thing that Shia Khan can't sort of deal can't with, fuck is, with is this, is guy. this ridiculous alligator that that really doesn't have a, a, a sinister goes, tick, look tick, on tick, its face. Tick tick tick. tick, tick, right. tick. Okay. Um, uh, Khan the snake is is absurd because yeah. they don't know how to how mm-hmm. train a snake for this movie. The voice of Winnie the Pooh from the cartoon. No, 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 sorry. I, I'm talking about the 42 I version. I know, but I wish they'd have gotten, I wish they'd have gotten Sterling Holloway to do the voice. Who does, the, who does a fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. ridiculous mm-hmm. sort of hypnotist snake in the 67 version. But in the 42 version, again, it's just sort of like this um, sort of dark um, figure that also is sort of an advisor, almost like the Caterpillar right. and, and mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. Um, even, you know, all Baloo the bear is just a bear. Yeah, He's yeah, just he's, sort of there. And, and, and Bagheera plays a much bigger role than Baloo does in the 42 movie. Exactly. So, and, it's, it's, and, and just, but I have to say, I'm also like really impressed by the, uh, by the, by the, by the, uh, the filming that they did, the yeah, cinematography awesome. of, of animals is pretty crazy. Well, so that's what I'm getting at. It's, it's like once that, once this film establishes <laughs> some of those, um, primary context right so it's like civilization versus the jungle what's wrong in the civilization and what's uncivilized if you will in the civilization and what's like respectful and that that also exists in the jungle right right um then you have this character um uh I, I, for god's sake uh um uh, Mowgli, sorry, the, the the man cub. Oh yeah, um, who's a lot older in this version, who asserts himself a lot more, who is searching for something, but just pause it there because 
the filmmaking comes in. Right. And that's what actually ups the ante. Like you say, beautiful photography, really yeah, interesting, driven well by this really, really interesting score. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then I'm, I'm kind of curious because if I'm thinking, if I'm going back to Kipling, right? Yeah. It, this, this adaptation makes me think more about what he was after than reading his work in the following sense. Mm. What is Mowgli? On the one hand, Mowgli is the savage in the eyes of some of the people in the civilization. They want him out of there. Right. They wanted to cast him back into the jungle. They, they go hunting him for him only because they think that he's run off with one of the daughters. Right. Um, and so he's sort of a savage to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the jungle, what is he? Well, I think by the end of the movie, we, we, that's very easily answered. And I think that does pay place. He goes back into the jungle where he belongs. Where, where he belongs, where he is the king of the jungle. And I think that plays yeah. to Kipling's narrative. Well, here, but here's what I'm getting at Kipling's larger political narrative, mm-hmm. if you will, Tom. Ooh, and because I, and Kipling, I Kipling believed in like some version of manifest destiny, right? Yeah, the yeah. English were, were in India, and it's like these savages need to be sort of put in their place, He's made many, useful. I think he actually wrote the phrase white man's burden. Right. I think that actually comes from his writing. So, so what I'm getting at is, if I look at this version, <coughs> this 1942 version, right, where where Mowgli rides back into the jungle, mm-hmm. is would Kipling be satisfied had he lived with that adaptation? Because does it suggest that the native Indian is sort of a savage anyway? Oh boy! Or are the people in the civilization sort of stand-ins for the white guys? Yeah. Are they? You know, see what I'm saying? I think because because he did have a certain because because Kipling don't 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 get me wrong. Like he was all about you know the Europe and and uh, the 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 colonization and white man's burden and all like that. But Mm -hmm. I think he. But I think if you read any of his writing, you'll find that he has a certain amount of what do you want to say it um identification identification with the indian what do you with, mean with, well, the, with a, the people from india what does he identify with well i think because he's, I mean, he was he a propagandist he was a journalist he was a total propagandist, propagandist but he would he did but he wouldn't stop to talk he wouldn't stop to not praise gunga din's bravery for instance or something like that like isn't would, that the noble savagery though well that is a noble savagery but it is a certain amount of advocacy in, in a certain sense okay so the, but so, the reason so, okay. oh, go ahead, please no i'm saying the reason so, i bring it up is if i go back to the 67 version which i I mean, it doesn't seem political. I get it, but mm-hmm. but it is. It becomes political when choices are made. When Disney makes choices, and that that the civilization is barely on the outskirts, and it's just a place that we see at the very end of this cartoon, where there's like a lovely girl mm-hmm. like getting water from a well, yeah. and and um, the what's the panther's name? Bagheera. Bagheera, and Baloo. To some degree, coax uh-huh. him back into this is actually where you belong, right, back in the right. world of men. Mm-hmm. If I put, if I now put that <coughs> as a sort of overlay to Kipling's politics, mm-hmm. what would he think of that? Because on the one hand, is it uh, are the animals are the are the jungle animals the Indian people? Yeah. Or is Mowgli an Indian? You know what I mean? Like, who's going back to, like, where do you belong is the question. And I think it, I don't think I'm stretching the point given how much of his life was spent as a propagandist for England and India. Hmm. Okay. So think it over, Tom. And I'm worried that right now, at this moment, I'm actually feeling a little offensive. A little what? <laughs> a little defensive. Hey, he's attacking my fucking cartoon. You better shut up. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. I don't think one does it. I actually do like the 42. It I think hurts. the 42 version is a better film. Oh, yeah. I have it more. actually is. I hate to say it. 67 is more enjoyable. That's I mean, personally, the great, on the surface. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Louis Prima as the ridiculous monkey. And oh, a bias. I'm the king of the swingers. Oh, jungle <laughs> VIP. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I, yeah. No question about it. I would I would not hesitate to show a kid either of those. By the way, they're both no. interesting in their own way, and they yeah, they yeah, would bring yeah. up interesting questions for sure. Definitely. Now, I think less. So, do you have more to say about the Jungle Books? I don't think so. Except to, except to say, I, I'm going to go with you on this. I think both of them are excellent. They're they're definitely worth watch. They're worthwhile watches. Both yeah. of them. Sabu was the star of the. It was the Mowgli yeah. from the uh, 1942 Jungle Book. Well, that's I remember. By the way, sort of side note, this is your father, and I'm sure he did this for you many many times. Mm-hmm. In the late 70s, he would take me to coffee. Yeah. It's like nine, eight or nine, uh-huh. and um, cherry topped <laughs> cheesecake at. Little Black Sambo's Restaurant. Oh, Sambo's, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sambo's Restaurant. We that, little... to, that was like right up at the top of the hill. We went to Sambo's. That was like a. I think it's a California thing, which is which makes it even weirder. To I me. found yeah. out that there were twelve hundred of those. It was a chain of twelve hundred. Went to. It started in Oregon, actually. Really. There's one now. They they tried when they were going out of business because. Well, here's what happened. By the way, it's Little Black Sambo is a children's illustrated book from right. like 1901 or something, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Um, and it actually, uh, my research indicates that actually it, it was first noted for the first book that treated black kids as having a personality and feelings. Right. So it actually was like weirdly sympathetic, but of course the term Sambo was used, I think probably by our grandfather and others to mean any black person or a person who's shaded in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, An offensive, racist term. And and, and so it was kind of interesting. They would have these um, black Sambo restaurants and they'd even have like the... the, I I would point out, I don't think they ever said black Sambo. They just said Sambos. Wasn't it Little... Uh, maybe it's just Sambo's. No, Little Black Sambo was the name of the character. And they, and they had like, pictures all around the say, place. Showing of the, the of the black kid. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like a pick in any type of mm-hmm. characteristic or yeah, character, right? right? Yeah. Anyway, so there's one left. Um, they tried, finally, when Where? someone started to call them out, uh, you'll, you would never guess, um, on their sort of racism, it like went the way of Little Jimmy Valley. the Greek. And it was... Um, they all went out of business, but as they were going out of business, they changed their names to Play It Again Sam's to try to like, we just want to play with the name Sam. <laughs> and there's one left, and it's just called Sambo's, uh-huh. and it's in um, Santa Barbara. Wow. Anyway. that's. I don't remember I don't remember enough about Sambo's. Like, is, is the food yeah. worth the trip to, to do that? Dude, when I was a kid, I, I thought Sizzlers was a great oh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and I thought so, Sambo's was great, too, but I don't remember. Probably terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was probably awful. Okay, so okay. Let's, let's move on to night. 1975's The Man Who uh, Would Be King, which, by the way, I think is not a good story, a short no. story. And, oh, let's back up really quick. I don't want to talk about this. I, I When I was a kid, I loved parts of the Jungle Book, yeah. but I never read the actual Jungle Book part of it. The book itself is actually a collection of yeah. a bunch of different short stories. Yeah, yeah. So I read The White Seal, and I read the shit out of Ricky Tiki Tavia. I love mm, Ricky Tavia's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never got into it. I, but but the, when I tried to read the Jungle Book, it just bored the crap out of yeah. me. I just couldn't do it. Okay. So, I, so let's go on. Let's talk about now let's talk about the man who would be king because okay. i think we're going to say a similar thing here the the, the literature is not that great he's not, he's not that great Boring. writer i mean he isn't a great he's, writer he's, he's, there's, a good poet. there's compelling there's a compellingness to some of his writing mm-hmm. but he's not a great writer no yeah. he's kind of a bore so you know what the interesting backstory to this so this is a a, a sort of like um a pairing of like two big stars at the time so we're talking about michael kane uh-huh. and sean connery oh yeah as these two characters peachy Conahan. yes and danny danny Okay, but uh, now John Huston had wanted to make this film for years, right. and originally it was going to be Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart. They're only right. pairing. Yeah. Now, I can only imagine that, that would have been a pretty goddamn cool movie. Great movie. I imagine that that um, <coughs> Bogart probably would have been the Danny role, the, the the guy who goes insane with power. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's right, right, and right. okay, mm-hmm. that's that's my guess. But who knows? 
It never got made. Bogart died. Yeah, it would have to have been. Cause it, yeah, okay, go on. Bogart died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, something like 20 years later, he's able to make this movie. Yeah, yeah, John, yeah John Huston had it in the chambers for a long That's time. That's another frame story. Yep. Right? Yep, so right. we have Christopher Plummer as Rudyard Kipling. Right. Um, working for the Northern Star, the Northern Telegraph newspaper in mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. Um, propagandist for the, the sort of the English point of view. Well, they thought of him as a reporter. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he was a reporter. <laughs> he was called a reporter. I know that was in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. All right, so... Propagandist for the evil, that was. You know, it's a sort of a happenstance, you know, um, Michael Caine. Um, Michael Caine and, and, and Sean Connery are these sort of ne'er-do-well ex-military guys who are now essentially con men. Right, and, and, we're, and we're led to believe they're the, uh, the, the salt of the earth and the people who basically... About, about upon whom the British Empire was based, like was created, uh, but and it might not be fucking far from the truth. And that the British Empire wants to sort of disavow them, and now yeah. they're, they're right, and they, you know, they're anyway. So, so it, the happenstance is that um, uh, Michael Caine's character um, pickpockets Rudyard Kipling's watch, and then mm-hmm. finds on the watch chain that he is a Mason, and you know, yes, honor yes. among Mason thieves, oh, so essentially. Right, right, right. Um, so, so they return the watch. They and, return the watch, and mm-hmm. and they create this sort of. Um, um, I, now, this is one of the stupidest feelings I've ever had in my life. It's um, uh, Karafistan? K- Kafiristan? Kafiristan. Right. I remember mentioning it one time to you, uh-huh. and you said, you know that's not a real country, right? And <laughs> no, I didn't, because I'd seen it in uh, The Man Who Would Be King. <coughs> so many stands over there, let's uh-huh. face it. Well, the, and it. well, I mean, he wasn't foolish. Like He <laughs> came up with the name because it sounds like so many of the countries over in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea essentially is, look, let's... let's um, they they get busted trying to uh, to blackmail a local sort of um, politician, yeah. yeah politician and this is so anyway so so they get off and and um, they come they come to Rudyard Kipling and say look, let's make a contract that um, within a year we'll be kings or leaders of this area we decided to sort of like fuck this whole British system let's right. let's let's do what the British did let's colonize our own place essentially right, right? take it over we're going to use British know how and gusto and vim and we're going to take the vim fuck and over. vigor mm-hmm. yeah. we're going to take the fuck over. Right. Yeah. So they head off to Kafiristan, which is a terrible, uh, which yeah. is a, a terrible journey through the. So it's, I mean, through so Tibet or something. Two like two big things happen. One is they, um, it's a great adventure, and they conquer small armies. Yep. The, the second thing that happens is they convince in stages. One by convincing a local idiot king that they ha- have been dropped from the heavens. Right. He easily convinced, and then convincing a larger army, and eventually a sort of like um, religious sacrosanct kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. That that uh, Sean Connery's a king because um, so he, during he's a battle, god. well, he's a god, and that uh, during battle they witness an arrow hit his uh, breastplate essentially, mm-hmm. and him pull it out without bleeding. Right, right. They don't right. know anything about guns, yeah, yeah, or breastplates. Apparently, they never heard of armor. I guess. <laughs> I've never heard of this concept. I mean, look, it's really... So, but, uh, go ahead. No, well, they succeed beyond their wild imaginings. They, they, that they imagine... They, 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 they get uh, Sean Connery's character up basically to be a god king yeah. of the local area. So it's uh, after that, it's a matter of uh, human hubris, perhaps, sir. There's a lot of things that are happening in this film. So it's like, you know, Houston's direction is fucking classic Houston. I yeah, mean, it's it's almost true. on the level, I forget that it's almost on the level of something like uh, Treasure of Sierra Madre. It just mm-hmm. has that sort of like sprawling, like, I know what I'm doing. Right, gritty, yet, 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 yet. These people have dirty sand, dirty shoes, right? You know, there's this grittiness to it. There's a grittiness, and yet it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, and he's able to take advantage of something that, like, I feel less apologetic about, or maybe not at all. And that's the idea that, like, yeah, motherfucker, when we see other like cultures and lands, 
It is exotic. Right. It is beautiful. Mm. I may not know anything really about the people. How could I really in the end? Right. And it's like, I look at this film and it's like, it's like a Rick Steves, you know, um, documentary or travel show on, on steroids, as the kids like to say. Uh-huh. It's just a fucking, it's a on panoramic, crack. on crack. It's a, pan, <laughs> it's a panoramic <laughs> view and it's, it's the colors are beautiful. Yeah. The, the people and their habits, the people and their habits are exotic. Right. It just is. It's a it's a, a sideshow of of two Western eyes, exotic behavior, colors, you know, patterns, well, beliefs. And, and here's another way in which, the, and, and this is another way in which I think the movie is better than the book. Yeah. In that there's also there's a, there's the, the the interpretive power of metaphor going on here at the same time. That's fair, man. Well, because basically, if you look at a peachy and uh, you know peachy and what's his Daniel. name, Daniel Dragon, yeah, Draven, uh, their 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 adventure through here is basically just a mirror of the British colonial. Col- Colonization of India in the first right, place, right? Exactly. Which that parallel is, I don't think I, I don't think I found it in his book, but I found no. it in the movie. The movie does a lot more. Well, Houston, it's one of those things. Houston could really, he was a great writer. Yeah. We forget that he was a writer first, first screenwriter. Right. He was a fucking could write the shit out of things, man. Yeah. Boom, right? <clears throat> yeah, boom, go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so there's all of that. You know, you have um, um, the woman who became, I think maybe during this, Michael Caine's wife, still his wife, um, mm-hmm. Roxanne. Really? The woman who Michael Caine tries to marry. Right, right. Toward the end there. Um, you have these absurd sort of like, um, I forget his name, but Billy something, the sort of like... Um, the, the, oh, the Gurkha. The smallest Gurkha who's yeah, been left, little, the been left behind. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's like, you know, all these sort but of... again, the metaphor is still there yeah, for like the actual British colonization. These ridiculous jokes, yeah. um, insane sort of turns of event as they're going through the snow, right, snow right. blind, trapped in a, 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 you know, in the snow, going to die there, but happy to die together. Mm. There's a slightly homoerotic sort of flavor to their relationship. Sure, yeah. And yeah. it's only through their laughter, laughing at the old times and remembrances that they cause an avalanche to open the past. So it's, it's sort of like, you know, what wrong can happen? <laughs> Right. Uh, now I'm going to say this. I don't think Sean Connery's a good actor. I mean, just for the most part, I don't really? ever find him very good. <coughs> what I find him is. Um, he's a presence, though. He's apt. He's apt at what he does. And the thing is, I don't know that this character asks for more than aptness. Okay. Like if now now here's the thing. Had Bogart played him, mm-hmm. because we know from like Treasures Here Madre and you know Captain Queeg and even like I suppose like the African Queen, we know that, that Bogart would have played it with a certain sort of like maniacal flair. Right. Probably, right? Sure. But but Connery doesn't do that. He's just sort of perfunctory perfunctorily, I guess, this guy who takes himself too seriously, starts to believe that he's okay, a king, so, so but I he just if, sort of states it. It's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if this is a quality of great acting or bad acting. Yeah. The ability to, uh, the, the ability, you know, like, because if you think he's a great actor, you're like, wow, he really underplays it. He's he subtle, never, subtle. He never yeah. oversells anything. And you think about it, he really never does. He never does in any film, though. No, I don't think so. The only one I think I could, I could think of where he might have was in The Avengers, and that was horrible. Yeah, it's a horrible fucking movie. I I just he think, was not the saving grace in that fucking thing. I think he takes the old sort of like Spencer Tracy the, rule the, of like just the less acting is the best acting. Yeah, I think. the thing with Spencer Tracy is that he's with his less acting, he's still such a great actor that you you count him as among the top, you know, yeah, like the yeah. cherished ones. Right. And Connery just sort of fits the role, whereas Kane. Yeah. 
Michael Caine is an actor's actor. He can be awful sometimes, but he yeah. can be very, very good. And he mm-hmm. understands how to shape himself around right. a role, which is what he does. And in a weird way, what that if does... I've never seen Sean Connery do that. I don't think I can never. remember. And, and wow. in a way, what happens is it actually sort of it illustrates to mm-hmm. a greater degree how these guys are great friends, but actually there are differences between them. Right, right. And right. It's, I, maybe it's an accident or maybe it's just brilliant casting Right. in a way. Right, I think it's brilliant casting. It could have been. I really think that must be what it is. But it is a film that, like, wow. it's it's um, it, it's adventurous. It's not tiring. Um, you understand where it's going. It's kind of over the top, but you don't care. Go ahead. Right. No. 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 Go ahead. I got nothing. I got. I get less. So anyway, I think we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm also sorry, it's also very much a Houston film. So oh, yeah. we're highly recommending that one. I think we recommend all three of them. Oh yeah, yeah. No. And then we recommend you just don't read. Kipling. No. Oh. No. no. Or or keep yes. it going. Everybody, everybody I, I insist, you go read some Kipling right now. But go read Ricky Ticky Tabby. That's pretty cool. This is going to be known. Mongoose who killed the sneakies. I might just title this episode. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take responsibility for it we, myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You, all right you're cool. Fair enough, Fair enough. All right. So, um, Thank you for listening. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We wouldn't mind if you sent us an email with your opinions, criticisms, and or praise. Finley's on film at gmail.com. Tommy, you have anything? Um, yeah, you know, catch me on TomSmithComedy.com. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at, at SmittyHa. Um, that's pretty much it, Daniel. Look Thank for you. the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities.